And now joining us on the phone lines is our good friend, aviation analyst Jay Ratliff. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Uh, pleasant good morning. Uh, too many things to be thankful for to be otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, so our big story, uh, especially nationally, internationally, we've been talking about all morning long, and, and everyone is discussing uh, everything that's going on over in Israel and uh, the Hamas attacks uh, that have been uh, happening over the weekend and, and this morning. Uh, and that is impacting uh, flights. Major airlines are starting to cancel flights to Israel, correct? Correct. In fact, it was late last week the Federal Aviation Administration came out saying that they urged airlines in the U.S. and pilots to use extreme caution, in their words, when flying anywhere near Israeli uh, airspace. And we've seen United, American, Delta, and other uh, carriers announce that they have temporarily suspended flights in and out of Tel Aviv and saying that uh, future operations uh, in and out of that airport are going to be suspended until conditions allow them to resume. So we're seeing airlines from not only here in the United States, but around the world take this step as they're erring on the side of caution, as we want them to do, uh, making sure that the passengers, crew, and, and aircraft are never put in harm's way. Now, of course, the flip side of that is you have Americans that are in Israel that right. are trying to get out. So when you see this drastic uh, stop of inbound uh, flights that would have allowed these individuals to, to fly out, uh, that's when it becomes a problem because we have a lot of people that are stranded there trying to figure out how they can, can get out. Most of them are working with the uh, embassy there with regards to what the next plan uh, is going to be. But, uh, yeah, j- just some yeah, anxious we- moments for anyone either with relatives there or passengers that are trying to get in and out of this. You know, a hurricane, some sort of a, a weather event, we see that, Rob, coming well in advance. We can we can plan for it. We can say, what are we going to do if? Yeah. I mean, who plans if a war breaks out when you're in the middle of what is, uh, you know, for many, the, the trip of a lifetime? Jay Radliff joining us here on the uh, WPTF Morning Show. And, and you mentioned uh, the connection with some Americans. Uh, I saw online uh, Cory Booker. Uh, from mm-hmm. New Jersey, oh, yeah. what had to be rescued and, and uh, safely taken out of Israel, and so that I feel like that for a lot of Americans uh, makes it real. You know, it's one thing to to see it online or see it on TV or hear about it on the radio about yeah, here's what's happening on the other side of the world. But when you find out that you know some Americans have been killed and some Americans had to be rescued, um, it, it it makes things super real. It does. And, you know, anytime that we have a conflict anywhere on the planet, airlines are very good at quickly changing the flight patterns of certain flights or canceling flights altogether. We saw this with the war in Ukraine. We've seen it uh, with some African conflicts. We've seen it in Asia where there have been pockets uh, of this type of thing happening. And airlines respond to keep their aircraft, passengers, crews uh, out of harm's way. And, um, uh, that's one thing, but you know the flip side of that, as you as you mentioned so well, are the people that are there, that are you know desperate to get out, and unfortunately, as that spigot's turned off of inbound flights, it really limits their options on how to get out of this. Which is one of the reasons, as I mentioned, a lot of people are working with the State Department and the embassy to try to figure out exactly you know the safest way. A lot of them will probably be ground transported to a, a nearby Gateway Airport outside the country to allow them to fly out uh, of that region of the world uh, to get back to, to, to their homes. But, 
uh, it's just it's just a it's such a sad sad situation, and you just hope it's going to end itself uh, sooner than later with everything that's going on. Yeah, I agree with that, and something we'll obviously keep an eye on and and stay up to date with here on WPTF. Uh, another story I wanted to ask you about Jay that happened uh, over the weekend: passengers uh, on a British Airways flight oh. trapped for seven hours during a delay. Is that right? Yeah, but it's okay though. They got a small bag of pretzels. <laughs> that makes everything better. Yeah, imagine if you got three screaming kids. That's not going to go very far. Gosh. This was on a British Airways flight from Heathrow to, to Belfast. Rob, it's a ninety-minute flight, and you're trapped on this aircraft for seven hours on the tarmac. They had weather conditions, then they had fuel conditions issues, then they had crew rest issues. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare. The flight that was supposed to depart, I think at one fifteen, didn't leave till nearly nine o'clock in Mm-mm. the evening. Now, of course, the airlines are going to say, "Look, our job is to get you safely from point A to point B safely," and the airlines are going to look at this as we did our job. We got you from where you wanted to go to where you wanted to be. But a lot of times, passengers feel like airlines. And this is the airline executive side of me coming out. Uh, why, Jay, would they put me on an airplane if they knew there was going to be a seven-hour delay? Well, obviously, they didn't think there was going to be a seven-hour delay. And when you're dealing with weather, a lot of times when the weather is as it is, sometimes you'll have a, a, an opening in the weather for like 10 minutes. Okay, we can dispatch, you know, 15 flights now. The problem is if you've let everybody off and they're all throughout the, the, the terminal, how long is it going to take to put all those people back on the airplane? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. 30 minutes. Yeah. So by the time you bring everybody out, put them back on the plane, and taxi departure, that 15-minute window obviously is long gone. So what they try to do is keep everybody on the plane as comfortable as they can, and sometimes that's a challenge. Uh, and here in the United States, you can't keep passengers on the airplane longer than three hours without giving them that opportunity to the plane if, if they choose to do so. And we've seen some airlines fine big time from the Department of Transportation for failing to do that. But these creeping weather delays are a nightmare for airlines because they want that silver revenue tube to get off the ground as quickly as possible because they've got passengers that are waiting for it at the next city. So uh, they want to get off the plane off the ground just as quickly as, as the passengers. And I always tell people that are in that situation, it's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than the other way around. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I, I, I feel like if I'm in that situation, I'm still waiting in the airport. I, I'm just grabbing a rental car, especially if it was a 90-minute flight. You I'm, get off the flight. The problem is if you're out on the tarmac and they're not even bringing you back to the gate, you're a prisoner. You're stuck. You're going nowhere. And that was the issue here with passengers saying, we were trapped. We, we just couldn't get off the airplane to look for, again, this, I don't know the ground miles between the two airports, but you're talking about a 90-minute flight. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm not saying you could have walked that distance in seven hours, because obviously you couldn't have. But, yeah, I was in Chicago once on an American flight going to Dayton, which was, I don't know, a 56-minute flight. And we were delayed for five, six hours due to weather. And then we ran out of fuel. We had to go back to the gate to get fuel, which put us back into the line of 56 planes. It was just a nightmare. So, I mean, I've been through that, and I know how frustrating it can be. And we were never given the opportunity to get off the airplane and, you know, go into the terminal and, and look for another option. So, you know, it's 
it's it's unfortunate. And when you look at the tens of thousands of flights that operate every day just here in the United States, the idea that we have so few of these indicates that we do a pretty good job. But when something like this happens anywhere in the world, the balls drop, and it's just they're, they're, it's it's unfortunate for the people that are involved. But please recognize it does not happen a lot. But when it does, my gosh, what a nightmare this would have been. I would have been in the row in front of the triplets that were like <laughs> eight, uh, 18 months old. That's where I would have been. Yes. And it would have been, yeah. Just, just but hey, at least they gave you a bag of pretzels. Exactly. What do I have to complain about? What's well, a 90 minute flight? Right. Not exactly, you know, bringing the galley in and filling up with these luxurious dinners because people are going to be off that flight in 90 minutes. Oh, that's what you think. Aviation analyst Jay Ratliff joining us here on the WPTF Morning Show. Before I let you go, Jay, uh, for anyone that is flying out of RDU and across the country, any uh, areas, any cities that might experience any delays today? Right now, the West Coast. Uh, Seattle and San Francisco could see some weather-related delays, uh, 30 to 45 minutes, but that's out the West Coast. We're talking about here. So as a result, if you pick the day, you picked a great day to fly because I think it's going to be just a a beautiful, somewhat cooler day to fly, but that's okay. It is October, so as long as we don't have de-icing delays, which we don't, it's going to be a good day to fly. All right. Thank you so much, Jay. We always appreciate you joining us here on the WPTF Morning Show. My pleasure.